business jet engine with me. And if you have a quick look to the bottom of your screen, you'll see a little green button that says business jet engine free trial. So if you're quite interested in what Martin has to say, there's a little 28 day free trial down there. And we'll also pop that up on the website after we've finished today's uh, chat. And yeah, you can see what it's all about. But welcome, Martin. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm just going to check our restreaming is working. It so is. So that's good. It's all happening over there. Martin, as I just said, runs something called the Business Jet Engine. But I came to know Martin because I was looking for a mentor. And most of you who are familiar with Pure will see that Pure has gone through quite a transformation over the last 18 months or so. In fact, it went through a transformation twice once into the real world and then once into the digital world because of COVID. But um, I can definitely um, advocate Martin's services as helping me clearly think through how to make that process work. And that's how I got to know Martin, by finding, wanting to find a mentor for myself. And Martin was brilliant, absolutely brilliant at just making me slow down. Slow down think and as we were saying in the green room you can multitask but that just means what is your your uh, definition of multitasking doing lots of things all at once really badly that's or, or not terribly well it's probably not terribly well that that's pretty much where i was firefighting on all fronts and i wanted to get clarity and then have a clear idea and really do that really well and i think i hope that everyone will say credit to Martin as well, that Pure has really focused in on what it wants to be. And it wants to be the trusted voice in this arena. And we bring experts to the arena to give artists and people within that creative realm access to business knowledge to help them run their micro and SME businesses more successfully. And I think that's what we've been really focusing on over the last year. And with the broadcasts and with the courses and with the workshops, I hope we're doing just a few things really well. Yes, I absolutely agree, Vincent. Multitasking is bad for us. I had to multitask. We're gonna cover this elephant in the room off straight away today before we get going. I had to multitask really um, at a high level yesterday because we had a massive scam um, be put out to our community about someone who wanted to buy artwork and they had basically rebranded their own email as our email. And it was really effective because lots of people were emailing me going, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And I was like, no, no, this is, it was heartbreaking to have to tell them that it wasn't true. It was a scrap. It was a scam. And the scammers actually at the same time tried to take over our Instagram and kicked us off of our own Instagram channel as well. So, I had to deal with that last night. So I had to drop every other ball in order to do that really well. And in a previous incarnation, pre-Martin, I probably would have stayed up till three in the morning trying to do everything else as well. And by probably about half past 11 last night, I would have been doing the other things really badly and have to go back today and correct them all. So thank you, Martin. My pleasure. I didn't. I just concentrated on that, parked everything else and thought I'll deal with everything else in the morning when I'm fresh. 
And a few people then emailed me and said, you were going to do that yesterday. And I said, yes, sorry, I couldn't because I'll do it now. And everyone was so understanding of that. So, yeah, multitasking isn't healthy. It's not healthy for us and it, it's not productive. So singular tasking well, one thing at a time with a clear focus, I think. So before we get into the jet engine and how it all works and how that can help artists and anyone really, not just artists, but anyone who's watching this, can you tell us where it all started for you and how you ended up writing that? Go back to the beginning. Yes. Right, uh, right back, 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 back. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's kind of a story in, in two parts because I'm a, I'm a designer turned business leadership and life coach. And so I want to start with the design part of my journey. And it probably started when I was about eight or nine years old when I won a, a Blue Peter competition. I wasn't the top winner, but it was designing as a trainer of the future. And I was so chuffed by winning the badge. I think I realized there was this magic in creating things, designing things from our, our minds. And that kind of set me on a journey of wanting to be a designer. And I went to art college design school. I, I won an RSA competition and won a, a month in Japan in Sony's design studio. And wow, which was amazing. It was a fantastic experience. How old were you when you went, went there then? I was a sec second. I've been three years at design college. So I was about 20, 21. I can't remember the exact maths. Uh, but exciting. I, it, it was extremely, it was the highlight of my life to that point. It was a, an amazing experience. I absolutely loved Japan and, and being there at, at a fantastic time. And then later in my career, probably the, the, the highlight was, do you remember when all toothbrushes used to be straight, handheld toothbrushes, not a Yes. And, and I, as a freelancer, did a job and designed the first wavy handle toothbrush that was more ergonomic. And, and they sat on it for three years. It was too radical. But but we still have that that trend in in handheld toothbrushes, and I've earned something like six hundred pounds as a freelance designer for it. There's another top tip there on um, um, IP, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have had the job if I'd insisted on royalties, so it was yeah. either take the money or nothing. And then through my design career, I started to get fascinated by personal development, and and what I realised was all the information was being downloaded to me back in those days. It was um, by books or on stage with people talking at me, or listening to cassette tapes in my car. And it was all worked, and I'm a visual person. I like tools, I like systems, and I got quite frustrated with how the information was being delivered. And it set me on a journey of wanting to be part of the process of improving how people took on information. And, and that led to a morph in my career, and I, I won't go through all the transitions, but I ended up working with a top leadership coach, Gil Dove, in central London, helping him research, design, and develop his leadership training material. And it was a natural progression for me to then also be part of the delivery to become a coach. And, and so I spent a long time learning about leadership, business, life, looking into therapy, understanding humans and human behavior. Then when I moved locally, and, and much more, it was about the, the, the business coaching, not just the leadership coaching. I started to spot a common journey as I worked with businesses and I, and I was in various groups. And I saw how many businesses followed a, a sequence of steps as they learned, developed, grew, realized the bits they weren't covering. And realized there's about 17 steps, 17 parts to a business. 
and, and I turn that into an idea, a system, a tool to try and speed up that journey for so many businesses so they could see their, their, their business much more clearly, much more quickly and get on top of those 17 parts. And, and really, that, that's how the whole thing started, was really with that Blue Peter badge to, to try to create a tool to help people do their, their job better, which is running their business. And, and Badlene has a Blue Peter badge too. So <laughs> well done, Blue. Blue. I haven't. I feel left out now. Out of the club. I didn't get a Blue Peter badge. No. I won quite a lot of drawing competitions though when I was a child. Isn't it fascinating well how what happens in our childhood? You can, you know, you can look back and you can directly relate to what where you are now and the the, the journey that you've you've been on and how that. Yeah that baggage can either be a positive impact on us or a negative impact on us. Or both, the blessing and the curse. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The yin-yang, everything comes together. Yeah, yeah. and how uh, Nadine Bazali um, and I were doing, we did a wellness uh, chat last week and we were talking about this, how you can decide to let the horses just run the cart for you or you can decide to hold the reins and, and it's, and, and how hard you, how tight you hold the reins. And that's the blessing and the curse, isn't it? It's like how much of those 17 bits do you need to give your attention to? So talk us through that. What are the, what, what are the processes, the critical first things you think that where someone could potentially go wrong in the beginning well, that in, would like in, cause a crisis? Okay. And well, I, I won't talk you through the whole thing because that takes no. about 20 minutes, but it, in its simplest terms, there's the heart of the jet engine. That's that's your basic product or service, the thing, the problem you solve for your clients. And if you don't have that right, if you're not getting what you are good at and passionate about with, with the problem they have, you don't have those two intersecting well. It gives you an edge that's hard to copy and solves the problem brilliantly. It's kind of don't start. If you don't have that product right, and, and you, you've got to have that right in the very beginning. And I wonder well, how people, that relates to art then, because obviously the art is not a product that is there to meet a need. It's a luxury. It's a luxury good, isn't it? It's a luxury item that you don't you don't need it, but you do need it. But, you don't but, need it, but, but you need surely it. the collector or the, the buyer of the art wants to express themselves and they are bringing on board items of art that help them express themselves to, to themselves and to their guests and other people who, who share that art with them. So there is that there is still that intersect. And you know, I'm not trying to sell my art, but in, in your questionnaire you asked what would you suggest to any sort of artist trying to make a living from it. And yeah. it's absolutely be passionate about your art, but also listen to your customers and what it is they want from your art. You know, and you have to respond to that too without compromising and find how do I marry the two? And what I love about design is it's never either or. If I have that, I can't have that. You're always asking, how do I have both? How do I make what I want and what they want, put them together so it's richer? If I really listen and understand their needs and tune into my own, there should be always a better solution. So I, I love that aspect of design. Not always possible, but a lot of the times when you're creative, there is. So, so what you're first, saying is listening, listen. Listen, yeah, really understand what it is your client wants. And, and in business, you have to start there. If you're not solving the problem or the need or the want or the desire of, of your, your client, your customer, don't start. 
And if you can't do it better than others with more passion, more love, more care, and do it in a way that it's hard for others to copy overnight, it's almost like, you know, don't don't compete yet. Don't get into the playing field till you find that that nugget or or at least start the quest, but continue the quest to find that. Because that, yeah. that's what gives you an edge. That helps you stand out. It's very hard to stand out unless you do stand out. So you want to find that that spark that makes you you. And it's about niching, you know, finding that niche where, where you really meet a need. Yeah, so thinking that through in, a, in an artistic context, we always say to the artists when they're, you know, first starting out, you need to build your roots as deep as you want your tree to be high. You can't rush it. There's no rush in this. You have to take the time. You have to explore. You have to fail to learn, to grow. And if you do that, you'll come to the essence of what is you, truly you, passionate and an authentic you. And when then you then come to the point of putting that out into the marketplace, people will respond to it because it will have that integrity and authenticity. Yeah. And that's the same with a product, really. And, and, and I love what you're saying, because with many businesses, when I first introduced the idea of competitive advantage, and they kind of start to look a bit scared and go, well, I'm not sure we have one. And then we talk about all the things they've done, they've experienced, what they've learned that they bring, even if it's from a different discipline, to what they do now. So, for example, I've, I've got 20 years design experience that I bring to business and leadership coaching. It's very hard for other coaches to replicate that depth of design, thinking, creativity, problem solving, if you haven't done that. So artists can look back into themselves and go, well, what, what does my rich life experience help me bring to my art that's going to then coincide with something that, that the buyer, the collector is going to want to express about themselves? Where do we resonate jointly? So, so it's always there if you look back. You know, we've all had rich lives. We've all had our joys and our, and our you know, our griefs, our trials. You know, and that, that tempers us. So we all have something magical to bring. So it's just about looking back and finding, finding that mesh. Yeah, it's the story, isn't it? So it's not just listening to the audience and what they're responding to about your work, but it's also looking within. Yeah. I say this in our foundation course, it's turn to you. You have to make a turn to you in order to make a turn to the audience and to be successful. But the very first turn you need to make is to yourself. And you need to look within yourself and see what it is that is true and genuine and what all that experience. And really, and really honor that. Honor all of that life that you've lived. And then put that out in your art However, that goes out, whether you're a painter or a ceramicist, you know, Nadine obviously does the meditation. If you put all of that out in a genuine and, and have integrity and authentic way, and you've listened to your audience, so you know what their pain points are and you know what they're really seeking to get from their interaction with you, whether that is observing your art and they're responding to the emotion or whether that is a product and you're meeting a, a particular need. You will, but you cannot fail to be successful. However, you can fail to be successful. If well, you don't, get some other critical things in place as well. Well, well absolutely. And it's the starting point of the journey. And, and the bit people kind of tend to understand most is, is the, the heart of 
the jet engine, the heart of business, which is you do need that that problem you solve for your clients. There's how you look after them whilst you solve it, your customer service, how loved they feel whilst you deliver that product or service, and, and how efficient you are, your operations, how well do you deliver that product or service so it, it doesn't take you a long, long time to do something so it becomes non-profitable. So there's the heart of the, the engine you've got to get right. And then you've got to get the air in the engine for it to work. That's this whole sales and marketing cycle. I won't go through all the bits of that. No, we cover that quite a lot. In um, uh, If anyone wants to look at more about sales and marketing, so I go to the blog because we do lots of things about um, how to market your business and how to look at um, that aspect. I think the interesting thing for me today is the more operational side because this is where artists often and other small micro businesses and SMEs fall down because they don't think about their cash flow and they don't think about how to make what they do profitable because inevitably it can take three or six months to make a painting or an artwork or it can take a lifetime and three and six months and a lifetime or six weeks whatever if then the next stage they don't get operationally correct they're never going to be able to make it into a business where they can feed themselves and they can pay their mortgage and etc they need to think about that bit the air yeah and, and, and so the, the next bit of the jet engine is exactly that. It's the fuel in the engine, which is the finances and getting those right. So um, am I allowed to plug, plug my book at this point? Because yes, plug your book. Tips, plug so your there, book. There is a book, The Business Jet Engine, available on Amazon. You need to hold that up for a few more minutes. They've got to write that down and everything. The Business Jet Engine. <laughs> Available on Amazon. <laughs> Slower, slow. <laughs> you do it, later. No, no, you're fine now. I think they've got it. <laughs> um, but in but in that, one of the mistakes people make is things like coming up with sales targets or financial plans that, that they try and overcomplicate it too soon, or they don't do it because they think it's going to be too detailed. And I'm all about keeping things simple and become more sophisticated as you evolve as a business. So you can very simply say, well, how many works of art do I need to sell in a month or a year to, to create the revenue I need to survive? And you divide that up, and, and, and that tells you what you need to be charging. If you can only produce X amount of work per month, then you know to survive what you need to sell it at. So it's, it's looking at what sales do I need in very simple terms, what are my expenses in very simple terms, that gives you your plan for profit. What's left over is your profit. So the book, I go through some of the ways you just do these things very, very simply, which is why I'm, I'm mentioning it. Mm. Um, so there, there's with the whole- our, With artists, we obviously have to chuck in the whole sales commission issue and the paying to have the opportunity because very often artists, if they're in a gallery, they're gonna be paying 50% commissioning. Yeah, so that, that would be in the expenses. You've got your sales targets, you've got your expenses. So those would come out of that, and that gives you what's left. That it does the artist's situation somewhat, um, I know, because they struggle with that. They think if they don't sell it through the gallery, then they can sell it for 50% to, you know, Joe Blogs down the street, and that's absolutely not. That's the first thing that you must not do. You have one price for your artwork, and you sell it at that price anywhere. And as I say to my artists that I mentor, if you sell it to Joe Bloss down the street, the fifth, the other 50% is your bonus. 
think about it as your Christmas bonus and you can yeah. put it in an account somewhere and spend it for something lovely. But you don't drop the price. You don't give away your profit. And the other thing that artists often have to pay for, which they forget to include, is things like submitting online for things, paying to be in marketplaces, which is like a regular like 20 quid a month. They forget to include that kind of stuff. They forget to include when they've had to pay for a stand somewhere to show their art. All your costs. Yeah. All these costs often get forgotten and you need to you need to put them down in in your cash flow when you're starting to write all of this down in the beginning. Otherwise you've got the root issue again. <clears throat> you're gonna take so long to actually come into a profitable situation that by then you're in a crisis often when they come to me, trying to prevent some crises here, um, you're in a crisis and then we're going to have to find other routes to making money because you can't suddenly go from selling a painting for a hundred quid to a thousand pounds because no one will tolerate that. They'll go, how, how, how come your work is now worth that? You have to respect to collectors, etc. So yeah, there's quite yeah. a lot of complex stuff in there. So I think the book will really help artists with understanding all of that so once once you've got air and fuel in your engine which is getting the sales and marketing right understanding the finance side keeping it simple mm. you've then got to get the people side right whether you have a team of support around you whether you outsource certain things but it's all about really making sure you're working with the very best team because if you're not you spend a lot of your time just dragging yourself down trying to get non-performers to perform trying to get people to do jobs not very well so you've really got to get an A-team around you. So that's the wing that goes on the engine. Um, otherwise, your, your aircraft's going to shoot off in all sorts of wrong directions unless you have to find controls right. So and then finally, art, yeah, so wait, because I'm going to relate yeah. that to artists now. So the wing for the artists, because not many artists will be in a position where they can employ a big team of people, although some do. You know, I'm interviewing tomorrow. But it's their whole network. I know Anyone that's exactly that's exactly what I was about to say. So pure is part of your wing. So anyone who's in the pure um, is a pure member. Pure, we're part of your wing, and it's things like which exhibitions you decide to submit for. It's where you're seen, really. It's the community you're. It's the people and the community you're and the company you're keeping is your wing. All of these people are on your wing, and they'll be helping you along the way. It's the courses you decide to do and the tutors you pick. They're your in terms of an artist. These are the things you should be thinking of. I need to get some professional development. Which artists um courses am i going to choose to go on now artists have a tendency because they struggle you know in the beginning to make money once they get this all right they start to make really good money but they start struggling in the beginning to make money and they tend to try and find things that are cheap or free this is a broken wing this is a wing with a hole in it if you again it's the roots if you invest well in good quality courses they are going to cost you a decent amount of money i can assure you if you invest up front in those decent and quality courses you will reap the rewards from those 50 100 times as you get further down the line because they're now on your wing and you can tell people you've done it 
So you want to be picking the best tutor you possibly can. You want to be picking the best art school that you can possibly go to, the best courses, the best community to, community to be with, because that's your, in terms of an artist, that's your win. Don't try not to go cheap, because cheap is cheap in any in any language, and you're only going to get what you, what is it, pay peanuts, get monkeys? That's, that's what they say. That is what you'll get. That's what you'll get, unfortunately. And when people say to me, I can't afford your course, I say, I'm really sad about that. I don't go, I'll give it you on a discount. I say, I'm really sad that you can't. We can do payment terms. And we're always happy to do payment terms to help people get as far as they possibly can. So always come and ask us if you can't afford what we do and you're happy to pay in installments, we're happy to let you pay in installments because we'd like you to access the best that's out there. We've learned over 20, 25 years and networking with the best people. We've got lots of good people on our wing, like Martin. How to do this stuff efficiently and effectively. So, yeah, for an artist, it's not necessarily people you employ, but it's the services you buy to help you become better at what you do. Absolutely. Or, or, or any other way you help free up your time by getting someone to do something you could do, but they can do it better, more quickly and more cheaply than you do yourself. So you focus on the high value tasks, you know, and that might, might even include whether you get a cleaner. Exactly. Make sure you've got a great cleaner that you love having in your home. Yeah. You know, all of those are your team. Yeah. All of, and your family and your family. I found that by talking this language within with my family and, and preaching, practicing what I preach within my family unit. So being optimistic, always saying, okay, I understand how you're feeling right now. However, let's have a think about how we could make that better. Um, my family have become part of my team. And so when I'm having a down day, they pick me up, which is great. You know, bring them all on, bring any, the dog, the cat, everyone. They're all on your, they're, they're all on your wing. <laughs> absolutely yeah and so once you've got your aircraft up in the air flying around because you've got your engine working well and your wing that's actually illegal if you're in a jet plane you, you've got to have plans you've got to have a captain in the cockpit who knows where he's trying to go and he's looked at what do i need to get there have i got enough fuel have i got an agreed flight path have i got permission to land at the other end you've got to know even if it's in simple terms what am i trying to achieve why am I trying to achieve it and how am I going to do it? So I've thought it through in sufficient detail. And then you've got to have the dials on the cockpit to measure and monitor progress to see, are you on track with your plans? Are you going to achieve what you want to? And if not, you've got to try and course correct. Yeah. And then, so in terms of an artist, then that's your thinking about it at the beginning of the year, having a vision of the wonderful things you want to achieve, but also thinking about the, the actual steps, the actions that you need to take along the way and how they will manifest themselves in real outcomes for you. So I know, so at the moment, obviously, we're doing all the broadcasts and we're making sure that everyone has all the information they need. And this supports us. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone knows my voice goes quite quickly. I do too much talking. Um, so we know that we've got all of the um, back story in place. So anyone who comes on our courses, they've got access to lots and lots of good quality advice. 
that just doesn't happen overnight. I had to think about that back in January and I had to work out all of the people I wanted to contact and get signed up for various talks and write the course. And that took me a year to do, but I knew my KPIs were, I needed to have this, so 20 people signed up to do broadcasts. And I knew that I had to have at least one course written and trialed during this year. And so when I start hitting those targets, I know that my plan is coming together. And in terms of artists, it might be you want to exhibit, have at least one opportunity to exhibit your work. You might want to have your website in place and functioning well. You might want to have done at least two or three live speaks to camera in some format so people can access you and know your story. So there's, yeah, in terms of the dials, I'd be interested to hear more about your what dials you think would be good indicators. It depends. How we need how, it on the dial. It, it, <laughs> it, it depends how sophisticated your business is. So, but but what I generally try and suggest is keeping it as simple as possible as you get started and, and add detail as as you go. But really, yes, you do want to spend what are my priorities for this year, and and you do need to have some marketing priorities, sales and marketing. You do need to have some financial um, priorities that you've thought through. Um, that they're, they're probably the most important ones, but you also need to have a sense of the midterm and the long term. Where am I ultimately trying to go in five or ten years? Because there's no point going as fast as you can south when you want to see the northern lights. You know, you, you want to head in the direction that's the right one as often as you can. How often have I seen that happen? <laughs> it's like you're doing real, really well going that way. Oh, I wanted to go that way. And it oh, sounds dear. so obvious. <laughs> So, so this is what I call the advanced basics. It's about getting these basic things right, keeping them as simple as you possibly can as you as you progress, but covering all the bases. Because if you don't, you end up with a very lopsided business, and and that's normally the bit that lets you down. So, getting that business balanced enough that you're covering yeah. them all, but simply. Yeah, so you want your wings balanced, so getting good quality people on your wings. And as we say, that's not necessarily employees for artists, but that's all the things that you spend your money on to improve yourself and help yeah. you. Um, and you need to know the dials. And the two key dials are money and marketing. They're M's. You should be able to remember that. Well, well shall I quickly just run through the 17 parts? I won't explain them in detail. Go on then. <laughs> so there's getting your product right, getting your customer service right, getting your operations right, right, which is about you know efficiently producing what you do. Then there's your getting your marketing, attracting new customers. Then there's selling to those new customers once you've found them, they've made an inquiry. Then you want to create happy customers. So you need to know they're happy with what you've done. Then you need to get customer feedback to know what you could change, fix, or improve. You need to remarket back to existing customers. It took you a lot of time and effort to win them, so make sure they know everything else you're doing. You also need to think about long-term, where are those customers going? How might they change? So that's about future planning, market intelligence long-term. How is my market changing? That's your, your sales and marketing loop. In the finance, there's getting your pricing right and learning to price test so you charge as much as you possibly can, constantly upgrading and testing. There's having a plan for profit, 
So you're actually going to make some money from all your hard work. So for that, you need management accounts. You need some regular checks on how you're doing so you can course correct and try and improve the profit you're making. And then you've got to have a plan for reinvestment. So that's the, the financial cycle. Then on your wing, there's the quality of your team around you and how well you lead that team. So there's two parts to the wing. And then, as we said, there's your, your, your plans and your, your targets, your KPIs, how you measure and monitor your overall progress. So all of those, you need to have a bit of thinking done in each area. It doesn't need to be overly sophisticated. And the more your business evolves, the more sophisticated those areas will become. But they are 17 bases that, that need to be got right. Yeah, you need to cover them. Now, I know on your blog, there's quite a lot of blog articles in there. So if um, people want to go and have a look at um, Martin's website, I put up on the bottom here, Business Jet Engine free trial, because that's a 28 day free trial that people can do, which I really, you know, we've got 25 days of advent, then a, then a couple. <laughs> it's a good use of your time in December, getting ready for January and being thinking about how you're going to make 2021 the best year ever, because we've had quite a disrupted and difficult in, in places. There's a song about that, isn't there? Difficult in places. 2020. So, so it's, a great, it's a really good time for a reset. Yeah. And, and a lot of people I work with, January is a good time to kind of reset and refocus those plans. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and what I the think... engine concept allows people to do is, is see all those parts, see their business holistically, and then identify the one, two, or three areas to really get right in 12 months, not to try and get everything, not all of those 17 parts up and perfect in a year. It's, it's unreasonable. It's going to take three years to, to really round your business off. So it's, it's, you know, it's a longer term process to get it, get it right. Don't rush it. Take your time. But be aware you've got to, in time, be covering all the bases well. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? There's no rush. Don't try and do everything at once. But there are some fundamentals and it doesn't matter whether you're an artist or someone who makes widgets, whatever it is, there are some fundamentals that everybody has to take small steps. This is, you know, every, as long as you're moving forward and taking action, because planning without action is just madness. You know, you're not going to get anywhere there. You wasted your time planning. And, and we were laughing in, in the green room. I was saying I'm a, I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> and, and, and the risk is to try and perfect each of those areas. And, and what I'd encourage is, is just do them well enough. Keep it simple for now. One of the things I learned from, from my product design days, say particularly if you're designing a, a machine that has lots of parts, and if you put all of your attention and you focus on one quarter of the machine and you get that perfectly thought through, then work to the next corner then to the third corner by the time you get to the fourth corner all your problems are there that you can't resolve and you end up having to scrap it and start again so it's what i used to call roughing up the design you think through roughly each corner and work your way around it's an iterative process and bit by bit you keep refining the overall design and that's what business growth is like is bit by bit keep working your way around knowing which is the weakest area which is the area, if I improve this, it will make the biggest difference this year, and get that right, get it good enough, not perfect, get it done well enough for this year, 
move on to the next bit and keep roughing up the design year on year. And people tend to overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they'll do in 10 years. And, and the clients who stick with the process year on year get a long way ahead. And those that do it for a year go, well, I haven't changed the world and give up. They're the ones who then lose out because actually you look back and very little changes in five years for them or three years. Yeah, these things take time. Yeah. But if you show up every day, every day, and you do something every day, you'll get there. Yeah. I mean, I look back now, you know, 2020, we're not gonna we're not gonna kind of use that as an example because that's just been ridiculous. But if I look back to 10 years, I can't believe that it was 10 years ago, you know, where we were and what we were doing 10 years ago and, and to where we are now. But that's because we just showed up every day and just did something. And sometimes you can't bring your best self, can you? No. Sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you're tired or well, like human. Yeah, we're human. And sometimes stuff happens in your life and you think, I can't do that for now. I'm going to have to take a bit of a break from it. But as long as you acknowledge it and then come back to it, if you've got the plans in place, it's easy. You just go, okay, I'm back on the train because I know where I was going and I can get back on that now. But we are human. We have to accept mm. that, that we can't just be pushing 24-7. We need to have a balance and, and I think there's a very important thing about plans there, because sometimes we just have to scrap the plan and, and, and start again. But, but one of the things I observe is, is that either people feel overwhelmed with advice, things they should do, etc., etc., and therefore they end up doing nothing at all, or they try and fix everything all at once, which leads to confusion, stress, burnout, etc. And the thing about keeping plans simple, keeping the focus simple, if you imagine a, a boat on the water, a small boat um, with an engine on the back, and it's in calm waters, but it hasn't got the anchor down and the engine's not running. It's just drifting with the winds and the tides. That it's a little uncomfortable being on that boat. Maybe pleasant, maybe a little uncomfortable. But as the waves get up, that boat becomes unstable. It starts to get tossed and moved around by winds and tides. But the minute you put a bit of power in the engine and it has some forward momentum, it becomes more stable. And I think we're like that as people, businesses are like that. Having a simple plan, a simple direction, as you get more momentum, you can course correct. Even if you're heading the wrong way, it's better to be heading somewhere than nowhere because you're more stable. And we may need to change the plan, but we'll be in a much better place to do it. So I, I think it's better to have a plan rather than no plan. And don't procrastinate so long because you're trying to get the perfect plan. Yeah, there is no perfect plan. We do, we have got a, um, one of the things we do um, in the courses is a one-page marketing plan. Try and get everything you want to do on one page. Yeah. Because that's huge, all you need. Huge fan of these simple summaries mm. and trying to keep it as simple but as clear as you can. Yeah, one-page marketing that. plan. That's all you need. You don't – and believe me, I mean, I've worked in marketing for years. The complicated plans, they fail every time. And they're, yeah, they're too complex and someone in the chain doesn't deliver something and the whole thing kind of implodes. The simple stuff, doing it over and over again. And it's that word again, you have to be authentic. You have to be true to yourself. You have to talk about your story. When I say authentic, that's what I mean. You have to be, don't go and try and nick it off somebody else. You, you can be inspired by other people, but don't try and nick it off somebody else. Be you, 
be you because that's what people want. They want to see you. They want to see who you are and they want to see the genuine article and that's what they will buy from you. They won't very often buy the product, they buy the person. Do you find that? It's very much about relationships, yes. Um, mm. and, and in the end, it's always one person buying from another person, person to person. And increasingly, I think we're, we're starting to crave authentic connection. I think we're getting so alienated um, you know, with our digital super fast age that we're looking for more and more ways to have a genuine experience. And, and in the end, that comes down to, to people. How does that fit into the jet engine? Whereabouts is the relationship? Because we are always saying it's about relationship management, you know, making genuine connections and relationships with people, whether it's on social media, whether it's in the real world, whether it's at exhibitions, wherever you do, you wouldn't just go up and shout in someone's face. You know, that's not going to ever ingratiate you and make you a friend. You need to build genuine relationships. How does that fit in? Well, in, in most areas, I mean, it starts with what I was saying about getting the product right. If you don't understand your customers, if you don't care about their needs, wants, desires, aspirations, now that that's the first of act of love is is meeting that need for them better than others do because you understand them, you've given them the more time, more thought to get something right for them. But then the next step, the customer service. You know, don't we all want to feel loved and cared about? And great customer service, we know from inquiry to sign off, that person really cared about what they did for us. And then in the operations, the delivery, we. we it comes through there. You know, are we delivering in a way that, that is right for the customer, but getting it, you know, efficient, clean, simple? And then in the whole sales and marketing, you know, we all hate being sold to. What we want is someone that understands us, somebody that actually understands our challenges, needs, desires better than anyone else. When someone gets us, we go, I trust you. You know, you're talking about me and my needs making you feel safe because you get me actually you're the person to help me fix this. So it's all the way through the sales and marketing is showing that care, that, that desire to understand. Um, the finances, I can't quite put my head around where that would be, so we'll skip You that. have a really good relationship with your bank manager. <laughs> <laughs> and your husband, in my case, because then he doesn't have a go and he has no money. <laughs> home relationships relationship are critical. You know, and, the, and then being the, the, the captain in, in the cockpit, in the end, if we're not looking after our clients, where are we going? But yes. it's always about love for ourselves and love for the client in equal balance. You know, if we give too much, giving more than we can afford to give, you know, love, care, kindness is always about giving what you can, but looking after yourself in the process when you don't have anything to give. So it's always about balance. I think that's when I came to you, when I realised that I was giving everything of myself and I wasn't taking any self-care. And that was disrespectful to my audience because I was depleting myself and I wasn't going to be able to uh, show up in, in the best way. I was just exhausted. And that's when I found a mentor. How You provide mentorship to me, but have you ever had a mentor and how, does, how do you feel about that? I mean, mentors are as old as time. You look at all the great legends, histories. Joseph Campbell, I'm a huge fan of him. He was one of the great mythologists, and he, he wrote something which he summarizes the hero's journey or heroine's journey, which is the common motifs around the life journey. And key in that is, is the mentor. So, yes, I've had mentors through my life, absolutely. Some have challenged me to every shred of everything I value. Um, 
And I wish I'd understood the value of mentors earlier. I, I had them, but didn't kind of um, get as much from them as I could have done until I really understood the value. But, but yes, the, the point of a, of a mentor is they know the labyrinth. They know the opportunities within the labyrinth, the system that you are trying to explore. They know the opportunities and they know the pitfalls. They're not in the labyrinth for you. You still have to do it, but they are there to speed up your learning, which is ultimately in the end your own learning. You have to win the trial. You have to defeat the dragon or the minotaur or, or dance with it, whatever success is. I don't always think we should kill the dragon. I'm a huge fan of dragons. Um, yeah, careful because Ed might be watching, and he's got a book on dragons. And he oh, likes big, the dragons. Love dragons, absolutely. <laughs> That's not, we could talk about dragons all day. But the, the mentor is there to speed that journey, and and I think you know there's differences. There's mentors, there's coaches, there's trainers. All three have slightly different nuance. In the end, they're all there to support your journey and help you build your confidence and competence in an area. And in the end, it, it's what you make your own. But it's it's them speeding the process for you. Yeah, they kind of like shine the light, and then things that were. I know when I came to you, I said you know everything was like a fog, and I just didn't. I knew there was somewhere through there, but I just couldn't see it. And it was a fog, and then you shine shine the light, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's oh, okay, I get it now. And I, but I had to do it. I had to kind of leap through. I, you weren't going to do it for me. I had to do it myself. No, and, and it may be worth just quickly touching on the difference between training, coaching, and Yes, and I mentoring. think so, yeah. Because training, normally there's a learning objective. You know, I as a trainer have in mind that I would like you to understand a concept, a system, a method. So I will go through the steps to make sure you've understood that system, that method, that, that principle. But then we'll look at, is anything of that of use to you? Does any of that apply? What's good? What's bad? What relates to you? So to me, that, that's training. Coaching is more about, and the classic metaphor is the mirror. You're standing back, asking people questions to help them understand their own process. So they can look in a mirror, your acting as mirror going, well, actually, what you just said, what you just described to me is this, this, and this. So it's all about asking the right questions, open enough questions to help you see your world what's going on, and then make better choices with it. And that's kind of a bit of what you were describing there. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas a mentor is tending to give a bit more guidance about, well, I've been in that labyrinth. These are some of the things I experienced. These are some of the steps you, you might take or I think you should take. There might be more advice from a mentor. But in the end, you still have to go and do the task. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that's the difference, difference isn't it? it? And, and I use a bit of all three. Yeah, me too. I think, I, you know, I kind of spectrum across all of those because I see the mentor, the mentor analogy I use is um, with, a men with a mentor, they have the ability to open a door for you. Yeah. Whereas with the coach, you have to open the door yourself. So that's the difference. I could say when I'm mentoring someone, well, I, you know, we've done the brainstorm and now you need that. We've agreed you need that. So that's the, the action you're going to take. Oh, and actually I can help you now. I can open the door for you and now you still have to walk through it and make the best of it but I can facilitate that and training again on the other end is, is probably a bit more formulaic and you can do that to a, a, a group audience whereas I prefer to do the coaching and mentoring to more on a one-to-one -one because it's, it's more bespoke service yeah I and and I wouldn't minimize the value of any I just think it's no, useful sometimes to know 
which you're working with in the moment. Yeah, they're different. They're different things at different times for different people with different needs. Yeah. And that's why you say, as you say, we spectrum across the, all of them. The one thing I'm not, although sometimes people think I am, is a therapist. I'm not a trained therapist. And if someone comes to me and I find that they need therapy, then I will refer them on to somebody else. And I, I don't know about yourself, but um, I'm not a therapist, so I don't have that training. I, I venture into that terrain, but no, I'm not a qualified therapist, although I do quite deep personal work. Um, I know. I've suffered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> it was good suffering. It was purposeful suffering. I needed to do it. I needed to, I needed someone to take me there. Um, that's what I needed. Apparently, we're not on Facebook, but that's bizarre because we are live streaming, so... I'm sure it will appear. It might be on the live, Sophie. You might have to look on the live channel because that's where it will be. It'll be on the live channel on, on um, Facebook, not just on the general Facebook. So we have a question. Has anyone else got any questions? Oh, you meant you meant no questions on Facebook. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no questions on Facebook. <laughs> okay, how was the how has the jet engine dealt with COVID is the question. Oh, interesting. Hmm. How do you interpret that? Well, I'm, I, I'm imagining the question or assuming the question means the jet engine model. How does that help you deal when you get a big sort of unexpected incident hmm. like COVID? Yeah. And uh, you've always got to come back to that first bit. What's the problem I'm solving? So, so the jet engine per se doesn't solve that issue, but but the idea that you've got to have that first bit right, the problem you solve for your client, it's in there that you've got to be listening to your clients, you've got to be talking to them and saying, well, where are you at? What are you struggling with? What are the problems that you are struggling to address? Or if they don't know, you then ask them, well, well so where are your clients? If you're stuck not knowing what to do, have you spoken to your clients? What's their situation? What do they need help with? And then I might know how I can help you with that. So you've always got to start with, if something like COVID throws up that your clients just want to shut down and do nothing, it's helping them understand where they're at and what they need to do next. And do you have a part in that? And you may not. You know, in which yeah. case you've got to look for who can I help right now? So it's right back to that first part of the jet engine. You've got to be understanding the problem you're solving and what the need is yeah i think well, there's nothing uh, to sell yeah that i think it is that it's the engine because if i use that analogy for you know pure obviously we were previously delivering prior to covid we were delivering in-person workshops and in-person exhibitions and big scale events and of course when covid came we couldn't do that anymore and the first thing i did which is part of the jet engine principle is to get feedback evaluate and decide if you need to change course. And that's a critical part of the jet engine, really, um, is looking at your plans and saying, right, I've listened, I've evaluated. Now, do I carry on on that course regardless or do I change course? And we very clearly had to change course. And then so then we go back to now what's the product? Now feedback, listen again. Is that what you want? trial it yes 
okay now we're on a course again but we're constantly you constantly have to do the feedback and evaluation test and trial bit which i think in the jet engine is the you know pretty critical to keeping your engine turning because if yeah. you don't do that you're gonna yeah you're going to suddenly be delivering something that no one wants yeah and and if that's the reality that that's the reality and it's been very difficult for for some businesses and a lot of businesses you know there's there's no denying that um, equally not everybody has been stuck without money or without needs you know there are other yeah. people where they've had more money to spend apparently you can't get a certain thickness glass because everybody's been going out converting their vans into camper vans you know there, there's there, there's a huge boom in the camper van, van market you know there's booms in certain markets um, you know, where, where people have cash they haven't spent abroad. Um, so there are still opportunities. doesn't mean it's easy to find. Um, but there are always opportunities and adversity. But, you know, we're human. Some of us, it's just been overwhelming. Some people have just gone into stress and closed down. And I, and I you know, nothing but, but empathy for people where that's been their reaction. And, and you just have to work through that. You can't then just drive your business forward when you're feeling like, shite you know exactly. you have to look after yourself first and go well actually what do i need as a human to help me get through this because actually my whole world's imploded so this is your wing then isn't it it's like thinking going back to your wing at that point and going this is i'm crashing what do i oh, need on my wing to stop my, me crashing my wings come off i personally can't cope what i need yeah. is to personally emotionally recover from this what do i need to look after me so i can then start to think straight yeah, absolutely. So the jet engine, no matter what the situation, whether it's a trauma response, which is what we've had to have in 2020 is a trauma response. If you stick to the plan, you'll get to the solution and repair your engine. If it's repairable, some aren't, some might need to be scrapped and, you know, new engines built um, quite quickly. But if you're not sticking to some sort of plan then you could not willingly skid off the runway you're doing really well here leslie <laughs> i have been an advocate i've been through the school <laughs> but, but in the end it's a metaphor and every metaphor in the end in, in the end every metaphor breaks down and doesn't cover everything so i'm not going to yeah. pretend the jet engine is the solution to all things you know it's basically a simplified planning tool to help you improve your business yeah. <laughs> and it really does well, help you. doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Yeah. Can I have a blue Peter badge now? You can't have mine. It's ancient. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't think Nadine's going to give me hers. I'm going to have to get some. I'm going to have to apply for a blue Peter badge myself now. That's really disappointing. I thought you'd give me yours. <laughs> so finally, just to kind of like fill that loop of you know, mentors and training and um, tools, jet engine tools and um, uh, what else is that? coaching the other thing which you and I have been talking about which we're thinking to do in 2021 is masterminds yeah and I don't know whether that is a word that anyone who's watching is familiar with the word masterminds I only heard it very recently and I went on one I was like oh what's that that's interesting and it was being run by someone who I thought was really interesting so I hopped on and went to this mastermind oh my goodness I learned so much from this group of people who were in this mastermind. So could you tell us very quickly to finally, what is a mastermind and how that helps you, how it's different, I suppose. 
Yeah. <clears throat> well, a, a mastermind group is typically a group of people on a common journey. So you normally have some facilitators who are guiding the process, bringing their own expertise and wisdom. Mm. But the fantastic thing is you then have the group wisdom. Everybody in the group is normally bringing their own experiences, what they've learned, what they've tried, what's worked, what hasn't. So you're, you're not on your own anymore. You've, you've got a collective experience and you pull that knowledge and that creative problem solving. So it just amplifies the, the wisdom and, and the speed at which you can learn which makes it a very, very powerful process to be to be part of. And it gives you a support group too. When things are tough, there's normally a bond that forms with the group. Um, you know, you get to know, like, trust, care about the people in the group. And if they're having a wobble or a difficult time and they're brave enough to speak up, it's amazing. I've seen the support that kind of then, then can surround them from other members of the group because um, yeah. they're all in it together, you know. Yeah, I definitely felt that. I kind of engaged with a new group of people and then I was and I had a meeting with them yesterday and I was like, wow, this is just so powerful um, because everyone's bringing their collective experience to it. There is a leader as such and normally one or two leaders um, that you can go to and you can say, well, we're experiencing this and they'll give you their overview on it. Um, but then it's the individual story again, storytelling, individual stories of because I know when I'm coaching, I say, have you ever experienced that before? In a different circumstances, well, would you, how would you deal with that? And that's what you're doing, isn't it? You're accessing other people's, have you ever done that before? Yeah. Have you ever experienced this before? Yes, I have. Great. Now I can do that learning through you. So, yeah, so Martin and I are going to do a mastermind in 2021, hopefully, all around the business jet engine model. And you'll be hearing more about that as we um, go through December and into um, January. I think we'll launch towards the end of January um, with that new mastermind. So, yeah, watch out. There'll only be very few places on the first one because, you know, I like to do things small. So there'll be a few places on the first one. But if you're interested, then, yeah, keep watching all of our channels because we'll be talking about that a bit more. Thank you so much, Martin. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's fascinating. I, yeah, I've done, you know, I've obviously read the book and been through the system and everything, but even I was reminding myself of things that I need to think about for pure now. What am I thinking about now? I need to think about that now. So and, it, and it doesn't stop. It's a rinse and repeat process, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as people grow their businesses and they improve and develop, each time we stop and reset, there's always something new to do. Yeah. So because if you're one interested, part of the business, as one part of the business has got better by comparison, another area may have got weaker. Well, the world's changed. Yeah, it sounds like your design thing again as you go round. Yeah, <laughs> Each time you go round. It's like the human journey. Yeah. yeah, continual loop. The only thing that we're guaranteed in life is change. Yeah, life, death, and change. Yeah, life. I was going to say, and, and death. Tech. But I wasn't going to go there. But you had to go there, didn't you? I wasn't going to mention the D word. We did enough about that last week. We're okay. not talking about that. But your guaranteed change, and one of those may be death. Okay, we're going to cover that off now. So if anyone's interested in doing the free trial, the, but bottom, bleh, the button is at the bottom of the screen. It's green. <laughs> and um, you can click on there, and it's a free trial, and you can get to know the business at Jet Engine a bit more. And if you're interested in the mastermind, then you know where we are. 
um, you'll be hearing more about that as I say as we go through the next couple of months and how we're going to how we're going to run that so it'll be very small and exclusive though thank you for your time as always absolutely fascinating and thank hopefully it's been helpful for those people who have been watching Martin has filled out my um, brutal interview questions that I always send to all of our speakers and they'll be on the read page and this will be on the watch page and on the podcasts within 24 hours so and, however, and I, if I could just point out I didn't know it'd be going to be published I thought it's for your eyes only so it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek <laughs> no <laughs> that's going to be put up on the website okay. <laughs> do you want to send me a slightly revised version <laughs> I can't remember everything I've put I'll check it. I'll make sure there's nothing embarrassing on there. But I think it's really important for people who are coming on and, and listening to our speakers that they get to know you and your personality. So that's how why we do that. And so, yeah, that'll be, you can read, listen and watch, to Martin, all about the business jet engine. So thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And the last one of Pure Talks 2 will be happening next Tuesday at one, and I will be talking to Dr. Linda Smith, who is the newly appointed president of the Society of Women Artists. So that should be a fascinating one. Thank you. I'll see you all next week. Thanks, Martin. I'll speak to you very soon. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>